Jesus gets kind of right in behind our experience in his teaching today. He, he understands the mind of a sinner in a profound way. Um, and the kind of attitudes that we can have towards God and towards our actions. And he paints this picture here with these kind of two parables, one about a householder defending against a burglar and one about the, the servants um, and their relationship to the master and the work that they're doing. And he paints a picture of us as sinners with this fearful, paranoid sort of attitude towards God. We're thinking of God as one who's coming to punish us, one who's coming to find us out, or one who's coming to rob us of the goods that we have. Um, and isn't that right that when we find ourselves in sin, when we're um, listening to that voice of shame or accusation that's in our minds, then God suddenly becomes the enemy that he's going to come and, and he's going to tear us down in our actions or he's going to accuse us um, and condemn us. But that's not the way that God would have this attitude to be. Um, the expectation then, the other, the other thing that we can believe when we're in our sin and coming into this attitude is that, that God isn't going to come today. Um, Jesus speaks about the, the, um, the householder coming at a time that the servant doesn't expect. Because when, when we're listening to these kind of lies that come to us when we're in sin, we, we tell ourselves that God's not going to come today. I can get away with this because God's judgment's going to come another day. It's always tomorrow or sometime in the future. And so the, the dishonest servant starts to beat the, beat the other servants um, starts to mistreat the father's household and not do the work that's required of him because he doesn't expect the master to come at that time. If this is some of the attitudes that we have when we're in sin, then what is Jesus encouraging us to do to, to be in this right relationship with him, this right relationship with the father as well? Um, one thing would be to consider that with, with the... Well, there's, there's kind of two servants working for the masters in the way that he um, teases out this parable. And rather than the, the dishonest servant who actually sees himself with, or sees the master with this fear and this paranoia, he's going to come and he's going to find out what I'm doing. He's going to come and he's going to punish me or condemn me. He's going to come and ruin all my fun. The servant who dutifully sets about doing the work doesn't see the master as um, an enemy and accuser, he sees him as a co-worker. I'm here to work with the master. There's a, there's a unity there. And so when the Lord commands us to live in a certain way, when he calls us to do certain things, he doesn't want us to do that out of a, a slavish mentality of, oh, no, I better do it, otherwise God will be watching and will strike me down when he comes and sees me. He wants us to do that out of love coming out of that relationship, that closeness that we feel with him, um, that we, we love him and want to share in the work that he has, that we care about the household that we're caring for. Um, that's the, the more right attitude that we should have when we're, when we're walking in the will of God. But the other thing is this expectation that the servant has of, of the master's presence while the the servant, the dishonest servant doesn't expect that the master will come that day, therefore he can get away with his sins. The honest servant 
has actually a sense of the, the master's presence with him always. Because he's working kind of in unity with the master, there isn't a sense of him being elsewhere and him coming and finding him out. There's a sense of the master is with me, this is the master's household, I'm engaging in his work. He's not even concerned about when the master's going to come and see what he's doing because it doesn't matter because if he's working with the master's will, he's not afraid of being accused. And so the expectation that we should have of when the master's going to kind of break in and see what we're doing is that we should know that the Lord is always with us. And we needn't be afraid that he's going to kind of break in and accuse us. Um, it wasn't our psalm today, but the psalm that we had for the previous few days this week was Psalm 139, which beautifully expounds that the, the Lord is with us always, that he knows the secret depths of our hearts, that he's, he's right behind us in everything that we do. He knows every word that comes from our lips, even before we utter it. We can have that sort of awareness of the Lord and that can bring us back into that love rather than a fear of, oh no, the Lord's watching me at every step. If we are drawn into loving relationship with him, if we're drawn to obey him and seek his will and do his will out of that loving relationship, out of a servant who truly desires to do the Father's will, then we're not going to have this kind of fear that Jesus is talking about. So let's take this, this challenge of this encouragement to, to open up to how Jesus wants to be our master as one who wants to work with us, wants to, wants to lead us and guide us into the fullness of life, not to oppress us with slavery and telling us what to do. So let's, let's expect that as we take up the call of discipleship today, as we take up whatever God is calling us to do in whatever situations we find ourselves today, let's expect that God is there, present with us, working with us, that Jesus is working in our words and in our actions. Let's work with him in these things that he's calling us to do so that he can find us ready and he can share with us that life and that love that he wants to share with us.